Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God, also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I am not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And here is my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you're hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need, so that in turn their plenty will supply what you need. The goal is equality. As it is written, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Thanks be to God who put it into the heart of Titus, the same concern I have for you. For Titus not only welcomed our appeal, but he is coming to you with much enthusiasm and on his own initiative. And we're sending along with him the brother who is praised by all the churches for his service to the gospel. What is more, he was chosen by the churches to accompany us as we carry the offering, which we administer in order to honor the Lord himself and to show our eagerness to help. We want to avoid any criticism of the way we administer this liberal gift, for we are taking pains to do what is right, not only in the eyes of the Lord, but also in the eyes of man. In addition, we're sending with them our brother who has often proved to us in many ways that he is zealous, and now even more so because of his great confidence in you. As for Titus, he is my partner and co-worker among you, as for our brothers, they're representatives of the churches and an honor to Christ. Therefore, show these men the proof of your love and the reason for our pride in you, so that the churches can see it. Now, Paul refers repeatedly to Titus in this chapter. Of course, there's a book of Titus in the New Testament. He was a known leader in the early church. He was likely a convert of Paul's ministry, an early convert. Legend has it that Titus was a poet 
and a student in Greek philosophy, that he had had a prophetic dream that led him to study the Word of God and ultimately to become a follower of Jesus Christ. And so as God's servant, he traveled often on missionary journeys, and he traveled with Paul on missionary journeys. And here in this letter, he is being sent a letter of commendation as he's about to go and visit the Corinthian church at some point in the near future. Now, the, the chapter deals, by and large, with giving, has a lot to say about giving. It talks about generosity in times of trouble and in good times as well. In verse 1, reading from uh, chapter 8, And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testified they gave as much as they were able, even beyond their ability. So Paul is commending one church's generosity to another. He's telling the Corinthian church about the Macedonian church offering and generosity, that even though they were not wealthy people, they were dealing with extreme poverty because of the joy of the Lord, even in the midst of their trials and tribulations, financially speaking, rich generosity welled up in their hearts, and they gave even beyond their ability. And they did this out of a love for the Lord and for the Lord's people. And they exceeded Paul's expectations, and Paul is pointing to them as an example to the Corinthian church. In verse 7, speaking to the Corinthian church now, he says, But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Now, that's an interesting expression, friends, the grace of giving. Over the years I've I've been pastoring, I've met people with all kinds of expectations and understandings of what their giving should be. People sometimes ask me, you know, should I tithe? Should I tithe tithe on my net salary? Does God expect me to tithe on the gross salary before taxes? You know, does God expect this? Does God expect that? And the truth is, the Bible says that each person should decide in their own heart what they want to give. In the Old Covenant, there was a system of tithes and offerings uh, that involved a very complicated keeping track of the increase and It was based on the the culture at the time. There was a tithe or a tenth given for the support of the priesthood and the uh, the sanctuary, the the tabernacle itself. There was a second tenth that was given that was used for the pilgrimage festivals for the families to go to Jerusalem and present themselves before the Lord three times a year. And then there was a tithe every three years that was used for the poor and uh, the widows and orphans and so forth. So 23 and a third percent was the requirement, if you will, under the law of Moses. Plus, you had to pay a temple tax. Plus, you had to pay for the animals, for your sin offerings, for your fellowship offerings, for your Thanksgiving offerings. You had to pay for your uh, lamb for Passover. You had to pay for all of these different aspects of the sacrificial system. And our giving in the new covenant cannot be compared to that. So often people will say, am I required to tithe? No, tithing, giving a tenth is a general principle, and it's a good rule of thumb, but it is not the New Testament standard. The New Testament standard, friends, is that all that we own truly belongs to the Lord if we're in Christ. And so it's not 10%, it's 100% as His. And the question of godly giving comes down to, your willingness to give into the work of the kingdom and submit to the king. So I, just by way of example, I and my family, 
automatically give a tenth of whatever comes in. And then we give, we try to give lavishly beyond that to other ministries that we support that are doing the work of the kingdom. We don't, um, we don't have a little calculator that we look at our pay stub each week and go, okay, it's X dollars, X cents. That's my exact 10%. We don't do that. We try not to be stingy with God and I hope that um, the Lord will be gracious with us. And that has so far proven to be the case. But if he never did anything else for me, he paid in advance at the cross. God owes me nothing. And so I give out of a heart of love for Jesus, my Savior, and, and a desire to see that his kingdom is built up. And so these early churches had the same desire. In verse 9, Paul says, You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might be rich. So Jesus gave everything, and you and I should do nothing less. But rich or poor, it's your heart that matters in the, in the case of giving. Um, if you're a millionaire and you give millions of dollars, but your heart is not right toward God, then the gift doesn't really credit you anything in the eyes of heaven. And if you're a poor person and you give all that you can possibly scrape up to give, and it doesn't amount to but a few dollars, it's still the heart that matters. You have a heart to give. Your desire to, to give to the work of the Lord is very high. Quoting from Paul in verse 12, for if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. And so the measure is not the dollar amount. The measure is uh, the heart of the giver. You know, is it given with a heart of love? Is it sacrificially given? As Paul mentioned, even beyond their abilities, the Macedonian churches had given beyond what was reasonable. They were generous out of their love for God. Our desire should be the same that the goal would be that we're, we're not trying to earn God's favor. We're trying to contribute to the king and the work of the kingdom so that others can come to know Christ and the work can move forward. Now, concerning this man, Titus, Paul wrote in verse 23, As for Titus, he's my partner and co-worker among you. As for our brothers, they are representatives of the churches and an honor to Christ. Therefore, show these men the proof of your love and the reason for our pride in you so that the churches can see it. So the churches of Jesus Christ should honor the ministers of God that labor among them. If you're in a church where you can't honor the pastor and the leadership that are in the church for whatever reasons you may have in your heart, you need to go somewhere else. Because you see, friends, they're serving the Lord. It's an honor to Jesus Christ when you honor the men and women of God who serve the Lord full time. Paul was commending this Titus in that respect to these early believers so that the churches could show them honor and respect them. But it was not so that they would be puffed up in pride. It was an exercise of honoring the Lord through his servants. And so, Father, I pray for my, my listeners today, and I pray for my own family, that we would have a willingness to give. Lord, that we would be lavish givers, joyful givers into the work of your kingdom. Lord, may your work have much more than a sufficiency to do all that you desire. Lord, may this be the generation that the wealth, the stored up wealth of the nations in the hands of believers is poured into the hands of the men and women of God that will carry the gospel forward to the ends of the earth. Lord, we know that some are in poverty and they give as much as they're able to. Bless them, Lord, far beyond the dollar denominations of their giving. Bless them according to their hearts. 
And Lord, those who are able to give lavishly, let them give generously to the honor and glory of Jesus Christ. We pray these things, Lord, in his precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.